gentlemen, we're rocking and rolling right here. Hot and show on the streets here talking Bama. Football news in my own words, George truly. Stephen Smith of TDA, happy to have you all here on a Monday, getting you nothing but non-stop Crimson Tide football conversation. We bring you the show from the magic city of Birmingham. We stream this to you via YouTube and speaking of the channel, you guys know what time it is. You hit that subscribe button right now. Tap that subscribe button. Make this your place, your spot, your area, your, uh, your, uh, just, 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 just the, the, the place, the spot, the area, the outlet to talk Alabama football right here. And also, don't forget to share the show with everybody that you know. Every friend, every family member, diehard Bama fan, casual Bama fan, consumer of Tide Football. If you're feeling the content, they will also. Don't forget to like the show. Give us that thumbs up there. Tap the like button. Hit that like button. Show that support. Trying to get the show 50 likes out the gate to start it here. Don't forget to hit that notification bell as well so that way you can and will be notified and will not miss anything when it comes down to the freshest Alabama football content. Daily Super Chat Go, $100. Daily Super Chat Go, 100 bucks right there. We appreciate you guys. It is the eve of Independence Day. I know a lot of you guys will be family friends celebrating the great country getting the freedom there from from a great britain that was 1776 there a little history i guess a little history that's for everybody right there but the eve of independence day but i want to hear from all of you the passionate fans of tie football you can do this by calling 205-448-1358 but i'm going to call in to let your voice be made known the number right there on screen 205-448-1358 and one more time, 205-448-1358. Well, Eli, we're going to jump right into the first topic of conversation, that one being you know, Alabama's running back room. Uh, very interesting. You have five guys on the roster in uh, that running back room, five scholarship players, including uh, you know, a couple of uh, five stars. You look at the two freshmen, uh, Justice Haynes and Richard Young, but the name that, to me, Kind of the most intriguing, uh, and uh, Alabama fans kind of want to see more from him, uh, especially after he wet our taste buds last year as a freshman with some good plays when he was given the opportunity. That guy is none other than Jam Miller, who's entering his sophomore year, Tyler Legacy High School, Tyler, Texas, a guy that came in the 2022 class with Emmanuel Henderson, uh, but because of the build uh, that Jim Miller already had to be a running back, it allowed Coach Saban to uh, transition uh, Emmanuel Henderson from running back to wide receiver. Jim Miller, across his four years at Tyler, Tyler Legacy High School, we're talking 5,000-plus rushing yards. He holds the school record for that amount there during his tenure in Texas. And uh, what's, what makes Jam Miller so intriguing, despite the fact, well, aside from the fact that he shortened his name from Jamarian to Jam, what makes me more intriguing is you go back to last year and uh, didn't have just a plethora <clears throat> of opportunities. But when he got into the game, I mean, Eli, you watched him as well as I did. 
he was ripping off big runs. I mean, getting seven yards to carry, eight yards to carry, you know, nine yards to carry. He was putting you second and short almost every single time he touched the football. Last season, Jam Miller had the highest yards per carry average of any back on the roster, 6.7. And this is a running back room that had Jameer Gibbs in there, a running back room that had Chase McClellan in there, a running back room that had Rodell Williams in there, but it was Jam Miller that gave you the highest yards per carry average among running backs, and he was getting out there toward the end of games. And it, it makes you wonder, you know, just for him, right, how many more reps could he see? How many more reps could a guy like Jam Miller get? Because the power's there, the contact balance is there, He's got speed to him. He's kind of this pinball bounce off of guys type of runner. Runs strong, runs well behind the pad level. Once again, when he got opportunities, he puts you second and short almost every time. He does give you versatility, some versatility as a pass catcher. Gives you some versatility on special teams as well. So... uh, How many more reps can this young man get, especially when uh, we as consumers of Thai football, we're over the moon about Justice Haynes. How much can he do as a freshman? We're kind of itching to see, you know, Richard Young, a young man from Florida, he's here in the summer. Once fall camp comes in, I watched his high school tape from uh, Lehigh Senior High School this guy is an explosive, speeding bullet almost. When you watch Richard Young's high school tape, I mean, the moment that guy gets the ball, he's hitting the hole, gone. You're not going to catch that, dude. He, gone. Like speed, burst, acceleration, ability to break tackles, explosiveness. Like Richard Young's got something going there. So you're excited about Justice Haynes. You're excited about Richard Young. But how many how many opportunities could Jam Miller earn here in the upcoming season, especially after what we saw him do in limited action last year? This is a good problem for Coach Saban and Robert Gillespie, Alabama's running backs coach, to have. It's just highlighting Jam Miller after he averaged nearly seven yards per carry a season ago. And limited action. Also had two rushing touchdowns. Count them. Uh, two. Right there. Two. Uh, how much? How many more opportunities could we see that young man have in the upcoming season? But we're going to take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. We're just getting started upon our return. We go to the phone lines to grab your calls, your thoughts, your conversations. We got a message board here. Touchdown Alabama Magazine. If you're trying to be in the first wave or group of people to help us regrow, rebuild the message board, the link to that can be found in the chat line and in the description. We want to hear from you guys. We'll talk to you after this. Nine players have teamed up and released the Alabama team paper, which is a video yearbook they've put out for sale direct to fans. Now, for the first time, small dollar purchases from the fans can support the players as a group as well as a great cause 
because $1 of every subscription payment is donated to the Boys and Girls Club of America. Be a five-star fan base and support your team and a great cause with Team Paper. Check it out at teampaper.com slash Alabama. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion and... Ordering is easy. Visit Emily's Heirloom Poundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily's Heirloom Poundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Poundcakes, making memories from scratch. All right, folks, we're back into the action from the break here on a Monday. Hottest show on these streets. Talking your Bama football news in my own words, yours truly. Stephen Smith, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Continue tapping the like button. Give us that thumbs up right there. We appreciate all of that support. Trying to get the show 50 likes out the gate to start it. Daily Super Chat Go, $100 daily. Super Chat Go, 100 bucks right there. Gotta show some love to my man Bill. Bill from New York dropping that $7 donation. The bucket there. Appreciate that love from my man Bill from New York. Helping us out on the show. We go to the phone lines right now where we grab your calls. The call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. I'm going to call in 205-448-1358. We grab this call here. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Hey, Steven. This is Corey calling from Trustful, Alabama. How are we doing, Corey? How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, well, speaking of, this is Fourth uh, of July, and you'll be seeing fireworks tomorrow. Um, who do you think, on both sides of the ball, we could be seeing fireworks uh, this year? Um, I think the, you got a lot of candidates. Uh, who are some candidates you think could be seeing some explosive uh, um, plays this year? Okay, so both sides of the ball here, explosive plays. Corey, here we go. In honor of 4th of July. Offensively, I think you can see some explosive plays from Malik Benson. I would put him down. I think you can see some explosive plays from uh, a freshman in uh, Justice Haynes. We could put him down. Both of those two offensively. And and I think even from... uh, the legs and the arm talent of J- of Jalen Milrow. We, we, we can put that down also. So those be those three. That'd be offense. Defensively, fireworks defensively could come from uh, Deontay Lawson at that inside linebacker position. I like him. Fireworks can come from uh, Dallas Turner as that rush linebacker. I like him. And, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with another. I'm gonna go with another veteran player. I, I say fireworks this year. Coming from Malachi Moore. I think Malachi is going to be back where he was his freshman year when he was just dominating guys out there. Six uh, six pass breakups, three interceptions, an incredible freshman year. Yes, he's dealt with some injuries, finally healthy. We saw him in the spring game make a lot of plays. So, uh, so defensively, let me go. Uh, Deontay Lawson, Dallas Turner, Malachi Moore offensively, Malik Benson, Justice Haynes, uh, and as a wild card, give me Jalen Milrow. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think that uh, 
um, we, those those players should have very good stats. Um, I think what's going to be key this year, something we didn't get last year, was front seven pressure because last year we didn't we didn't create a lot of turnovers, and a lot of that was due to just not getting pressure on the quarterback. And I think if we have a good defensive line rotation and and from our inside and outside linebackers getting pressure, that'll go a long ways because because we didn't get a lot of pressure, it left our cornerback and safeties on one-on-one situations and while we got a lot of pass interference calls. And I think we can get a good front seven um, push. I think that'll force a lot of turnovers and help out our safeties and corners. Oh, absolutely. And that's exactly, Corey, what not only Coach Saban, but Kevin Steele and Freddie Roach definitely working on. On top of that, you look at Robert Bonga, new inside linebackers coach, Coleman Hutzler with outside linebackers. All of those guys, Saban, Roach, Steele, Bonga, Hutzler, those five coaches, they're all scheming up. Okay, how can we get more front seven pressure? Whether it's with Jaheim Otis and uh, other guys in the defensive line, Justin Boygby, Tim Smith, you know, getting guys like Damon Payne, among other others involved, uh, inside linebackers, trying to get pressure with the Deontay Lawsons, the, the Jihad Campbells, the Sean Murphys, Justin Jefferson's getting pressure that way, your outside linebackers as well. So all, all the guys up front with the defensive front coaching staff is concerned, Corey. They're putting all of these pieces together, wanting to make sure we got to help out the back end. Yeah, I would agree because something that was very lacking was lack of turnovers. And then offensively, I think if, you know, I think you and I, you've spoke on this many times, is that the quarterback doesn't need to do anything spectacular and just take care of the ball. And I think that'll go along with helping the defense too because, if you're slowing the game down and scoring at the same time, it'll it won't the defense won't be as tired and you'll be able to see the defense make plays and that's what I'm most excited about is well yes it'd be nice to see and the Alabama quarterback put up nice numbers you don't we don't need that because um, Georgia proved last year that you don't have to have a dynamic quarterback to win a national championship. You just need someone to take care of the ball, not make mistakes, and just be a game manager and an effective quarterback. And that's that's what I, I think Alabama's going to try to do is turn back the clock and play old school football. And that's what's won many national championships at Alabama. Absolutely. Appreciate Corey calling in from Trustville, getting us started off here on a Monday. We grabbed this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feel and state your name and where you calling from? Hi, Stephen. Bill from New York. What's up, man? Doing good, Bill. I had to start off with your guy, Jam Miller, brother. Oh, no. You know I liked him all the last year. What I'm saying is he reminds me of Damian Harris. I, 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 I think he's you know, with Damien, I think Damien was a little more, probably more cerebral. He sounded like a college professor when he talks. And Miller looks like a violent dude. As my, he, you know, he's out there. He's going to bang people out. And he's playing behind, you know, a great line. So that's going to help him 
run over people and step on them and everything. Now, if you don't mind, can I talk about the quarterback situation a little bit? Okay, go ahead, Bill. Okay, look. First of all, nobody handles it better than you. No articles I read, no one I've heard talk. You handle it better than anybody because you're right. You know, Alabama did win the, uh, a lot of t- few titles without a superstar quarterback, but two things come to mind with that, just little cautions that, that I see. First of all, every, every year I think the game turns more into an offensive game. It, it, just, it just is, you know, offense is more important than defense at this point. It really is. And, you know, that's the pros and college. That's, it, it, look, look at the pros, how many great young quarterbacks are in there now, you know. And the other thing is that these quarterbacks, you know, Coker and all these guys, they appear, appear to have had better receivers than we have now. I don't know. I mean, that might change. That could change. But they had better receivers. And, and you know, so that's just, to me, something to watch. And the last thing I want to say is with regards to quarterbacks. It's, it's like, I think that if Saban didn't think there was some sort of problem, some sort of problem, I don't think he would have let the, Notre Dame, the, the new offensive coordinator bring in that kid from Notre Dame. I, I think that, you know, he, he's either looking for more depth, which he had four guys when he brought him in. I don't know. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I, 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 like I said, but it brings me back to I love the way you're thinking. Saban will pick the right guy somehow. And he's not, whoever he picks, he might just yank him like he did that dude when he put in uh, Jalen. You know what I mean? He gave him about 15 seconds and said, get, get out of here. You know what I mean? And put in the right quarterback. So he's going to do that. He'll make all the right moves. And I want to know what you think. And thank you for taking my call, brother. Absolutely. Bill from New York calling in there. And I can see Bill's point where the wide receivers are concerned. I can see that. Because you look at Jacob Coker had a bit more guys on his end. When you look at you had a Calvin Ridley, big-time receiver. You had Nardarius Stewart. You had a Richard Mullaney who came in as a transfer from Oregon State and played great ball. You know, Jalen Hurts had better options with, once again, Calvin Ridley, Nardarius Stewart. And then you had the influx of Judy Ruggs, Devontae Smith. So in years past, yes, Alabama has had more of those big-time playmaking receivers. They have a talented group here. The one thing we're asking this group to do is just consistently catch the football. That's the one thing we're asking this group here is when the ball is in your hands, just catch the pigskin. Just catch the pigskin. Everything else will solve itself. But we take this call here. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feel? And state your name. And where you calling from? Uh, this is Rambo calling from Atlanta, Georgia. How you doing today, Steve? Doing great, Rambo. Cannot complain. You got 4th of July tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. All right. I'm sitting outside. It's a lot going on here at Fireworks everywhere. But to speak on the Jam Miller kid, I feel like he's going to be the next Brian Robinson. He's going to be good. He's going to get drafted. But it's going to be so much elite talent that's better than him, ahead of him. Not that he's not a good running back. I feel like the talent that's coming in there is more elite than him. He's a good running back, but Bama usually goes with the more elite than good. We get we mostly play the great player than the good player. So with him, I don't really see him getting a lot of carries until he's like a senior 
but then we also have Anthony Rogers coming in later. So I don't, I, I don't really see Jam Miller like taking a lot of carries like that unless he takes it over as far as having experience over the young guys who come in. Justice Haynes, I, I feel like Jason McClellan, he's maxed out. I don't feel like we're going to get anything more than the past two years that we've seen from Jason McClellan. If you see his high school film, he's doing everything that he's done in high school and college. Nothing better, nothing more elite. I just feel like Justice Haynes and Richard Young is going to be the duo, like T.J. Yeldon and Eddie Lacy or T.J. Yeldon and um, Derrick Henry. And with that, I feel like this year right here is a big year for Freddie Roach because back in the day, a lot of elite recruits was going to Alabama because of the name and the brand and how dominant we were. Now the NIL and their balance in the playing field, I feel like Freddie Roach has to recruit because every year Alabama keep having to go after athletes, not a player, not a player that's pure defensive tackle, pure linebacker, pure cornerback. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, we used to can get an athlete and transfer him and make him elite at whatever position Saban puts him at. But with the defensive line, with us not getting no pressure like that these past two years, I feel like this is a big year for Freddie Roach because he haven't been putting it up. He haven't been producing like that. A lot of kids that's good, they come there because they're good and they like Nick Saban. But when you see them defensive linemen going to other schools, they talk about the connection with the defensive line coach. Most of the time, they don't even bring up the defensive coordinator. So I just feel like Freddie Roach need to do a better job of getting elite recruits because that Peter Woods, thank you for taking my call. And how do you feel about that defensive line? And I don't feel like Jam Miller is going to um, – I don't feel like he's ever going to start. I feel like he's going to be just like Wardell Williams and – Thanks for taking my call. I just was saying Freddie Roach got a big year, and Jan Miller is not going to start ever in Alabama. Appreciate Rambo calling in from Atlanta. I mean, if Richard Young comes in here and in fall camp turns everything upside down, which he's got the ability to do so, and we're looking at Justice Haynes as running back one and his partner being, uh, being Richard Young, then things can get very fun entertained in Tuscaloosa very quickly. Going back to Freddie Roach, I agree with Rambo. This is a huge, this is a pivotal year for Freddie Roach because in years past, you were getting the number one and number two defensive linemen to come to Alabama. Like you were getting the top tier defensive linemen to come to the Crimson Tide and those guys that had a nastiness and an edge to them. You're not getting those guys anymore. Those guys are going to places like Clemson. They're going to places like Ohio State. They're going to places like Georgia. They're going to places like Texas where they have an elite defensive line coach. And guess who? Bo Davis, who was once at the University of Alabama. So this is a huge year for Freddie Roach in trying to prove that not only can he recruit guys and have that rapport with those guys. But once he puts those guys in the field, he's coaching them right, he's developing them right, and those guys are animals on the field. They're not just good guys. They're pure animals on the field. This is a pivotal year for Freddie Roach. We take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from? Uh, Mike from Chicago. Roll Tide, Steve. How's it going? 
Doing great, Mike. I can't complain here. Getting myself ready for uh, some fireworks tomorrow. Some happening right now, but definitely tomorrow. Yeah, you know I got to call to be the voice of reason. Ready? I mean, if you, the teams you just named, Clemson, I don't even think they made the college football playoffs. I think maybe uh, Texas hasn't made the college football playoffs. I mean, all these teams, it's okay for them to go 9-3, and 10-2, and two, and they are still good. Again, 11-2. and two. Last two minutes, I mean, last two minutes of the game, games are lost. This team is stacked. There is no, I mean, my concern about the roster is how do you keep them? I'm scared there's going to be so many transfers because it's so deep. Jam Miller, the, the, the running back who's going to play is the guy who can do a blitz pickup. Both said that on one, I think, he, uh, fifth battle standard. Whoever can do blitz pickup best will be the player that re- plays the most. But it is so deep. Jam is—he's the guy. Then you look, you got Justin Haynes. Then you think you got Jason Rodell. I mean, if you look at every position, they're like four or five deep. How do you? As I said, the only thing I'm concerned about is not how well they're going to play. Just how can they? How will they keep all these guys with the transfer portal? Uh, last question. Hey, you're there in Tuscaloosa. Is there anything creeping out about the 707s and anything that's going on for summer workouts with the quarterbacks? I sit back and listen. Roll Tide. Appreciate Mike from Chicago calling in. Nothing creeping out yet in 7-on-7. Nothing creeping out yet there from summer workouts to this point. Well, the only thing that has creeped out a little bit was J.C. Latham talking about he's joined the 1,000-pound squat club. It's probably the only thing that's creeped out at this point. J.C. Latham looking to be uh, an All-American here on the offensive line this upcoming season, but nothing Major, major has creeped out from seven-on-seven workouts and summer program, that type of thing there. But we grab this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feel? And state your name. And where you calling from? See, what's going on, my boy? This is G from Raleigh. G, what's happening, man? Nothing much, nothing much. Same thing like you said, man. Get prepared for these uh, cookouts and, uh, you know, little fireworks. Man, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm around to see who's throwing down this barbecue, man. Who's throwing in the barbecue right now? <laughs> hey, look, I wanted, I wanted to touch on a couple of things a couple of uh, the, the previous callers just said. Um, I think the best way we can keep talent in Tuscaloosa is the way we kept it back when Bo and Kristen Milliner had the weight they turned back in their day. And it's to play the best guy out the group not play the favorite guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, I want to touch on another thing he said about the D-line. Now, me and you don't spoke about this D-line a couple of times when it come down to your boy Roach because we just haven't been seeing it since he's been there. And, you know, when you get on, when you get on the show with your boy Bo Scarborough and that's how you get on the show with Bill and them, double down on them when they say Saban plays the best guy. Because we have absolute proof he does not do that every time. There was no reason we should have seen DJ Dale that much last year. We can even go back to when the Jaya Hall was here. There was no reason we should have seen Slade Bowden over Jaya Hall that year. We can go to uh, Chris Owens. If you just told me my boy JC just put a thousand on his back and got down and got back up, there wasn't no reason we should have seen Chris Owens out there over JC. So, I I I feel the best way to keep everybody in line and keep and keep the seniority respected is to play the best guy. You know what I'm saying? And 
I really, really feel, Steve, I, I, you know I, you know how I feel about this. I put more on Saban when it comes to these losses and when it comes to these offsides and false starts and shit, and we should have been got rid of Pete, we should have been got rid of Bill. It, it got to go back on Saban because, like I said, we can keep going down the line of we know after they got out there, they should have been playing well before you put them out there, and you the one who been seeing them in fall camp. We can go to the Dow Court and Seth McLaughlin. I don't know how the hell Dow Court got on that field before Seth. And Seth if, you know what I'm saying, Steve? You the one watching them. We don't see them until we see them on Saturday. You seeing them five days a week for, for six months before we see anything. So, you know, I'm going to give you this scenario. If, if, if Kirby Smart had the Slade Bolden, a Jaya Hall situation, who Kirby going to play? Kirby gonna play Hall. <laughs> Come on now. Come Kirby on now. That's Kirby. the only thing. Kirby gonna play Hall. It didn't matter how it didn't it didn't matter how Hall would act. Kirby gonna play Hall. Come on now. We know this. So when it come down to DJ Dale uh playing that much last year, come on now. We know Kirby not doing that. That's the difference right now. If Saber can get back on his bully. And, and play the best, we're going we gonna to be the best again. And, like, you know, like you, like I said, when you get back up there with your boys up there from the, uh, the Bama standard, don't let them just, oh, Saban play this, play. No, hell no. Saban play who he feel at certain positions. I'm going to throw this wrinkle in here. I, you know I got my wrinkle. Uh, I got to put on a uh, promotion for my boy Jake Pope. I want to see Jake Pope out there besides Caleb Downs. And then Saban, if you love Malachi so much, Move him down to the nickel. Next thing, I wonder what Saban's going to do with the outside linebacker situation. I I know we probably feel like uh, Braswell, and I know we got uh, your boy Turner kind of locked in as starters, but I think that's the only small cancer in Bama right now is. For the production that Braswell had last year and for the production that Dallas had last year, Neither one of them should be guaranteed lost to start. If Saban can get back to that, I think we got a chip bit, dog. Also, we people people worry about how we lost Peter Woods. Now, granted, we don't run a we don't run a Clemson system. Peter Woods is an elite pass rusher. We don't run a four three system. These guys that we're complaining about that's not getting, they're going to four three systems. Now, if you want to say Oh, they went over and played for Kirby. My rebuttal going to be is Kirby going to play that boy at 17 years old. He don't care what he got going on. If he the best, he going to play. So, like I said, all the other schools who beat us out for elite programs are 4-3 systems. But like I say, uh, can Saban play the best guy? I want to see Jake Pope. I want to see a battle at outside linebacker, given the lack of production last year. And I want Jaden Roberts out there over Dow Court. Hey, Steve, have a good fourth, man. Appreciate G from Raleigh calling in there, giving us his thoughts on the show. I'm going to throw in uh, two more names to all of this outside linebacker talk. I know the main two guys are Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. But keep your eyes on these two. Number one, Jeremiah Alexander. I talked to a guy that helps train Jeremiah a couple days ago. Guys, guys, a dude. Jeremiah is a dude. 
dude. Those guys that come from Thompson High School, they're dudes. So keep your eyes on Jeremiah Alexander. Another guy to watch. I, I want to see this. I want to see Keon Keeley. I, I want to see how good is Keon Keeley for real. I know you got Quindarius Robinson in there too, but how good is Keon Keeley for real? So Alexander and Keeley, but we take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from? Hey, can you, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, okay. People, man, people want to talk about Freddie Roach, can't do this. It it wasn't Freddie Roach. It was Pete Golden. He was the coordinator. Okay, Nick Stam should have said something, but it wasn't Freddie Roach. I'm tearing, I'm sitting tired hearing, oh, it's Freddie needs to do this. Freddie, needs to, Freddie Roach was trying to do his job, but Pete Golden was keeping it in his way. That's why he, that's why he, he left. That's why we got Cameron Steele. Now, Freddie Roach can can actually do his thing. It's not Freddie Roach. Appreciate the call right there, showing the support there for Freddie Roach. And it was not him. It was Pete Golding. And a lot of people feel that way also. Pete Golding is the defensive coordinator. He makes the call for the defense. So you have a lot of people that feel that way. We'll take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name. And where you calling from? Steve, what up with you, man? This is Dave from Florida. Jay, man, doing good. Getting ready pretty soon. Get me a little bit of this old barbecue. Ooh, ooh, I'm ready for it, too, Steve. <laughs> we went about our meat and stuff today. We got everything marinated, got it on my girl, mama house. We finna, I guess, do it early in the morning, Steve. I'm ready to get me a hamburger and a hot dog. Man, hamburger, hot dog, some ribs, little, little pork and beans, little mac and cheese. Bro, I'm ready. Yeah, but but who was that last call? Where the last two callers, Steve? G, G was preaching and whoever that was that came and uh and, and stepped up for Freddie Roach, he was preaching too. But we all saying the same thing, man. The defense just needs to get back to being aggressive. And the defensive line needs to step up and big folks need to get back to doing big folks thing. I've been calling saying that for how long, Steve? I mean, for, 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 as long, for as long, Jay, as we've been doing this show in Pelham, which is going on, what, two years, Eli? Yeah. Come on, man. Like, like we really ain't seen our defensive line really just go crazy in the game. I'm talking about where, where Jonathan Allen go out, then Davin Thompson, he come in, and it's like, golly, it ain't a drop off at all. We, I, we and, ain't and seen Jay, that in a long and, time. And Jay, like I said, I, I was I was at every road game with that defense in 16. And it was like Allen would go off, Payne would go off, Tomlinson would go off, Deshaun Hand would go off, Rashawn, every last one of them, one by one, would just go off. And the quarterback would be like, can I get a break? Man, we, we, we all saying the same thing. And, and everybody, right? You can blame it on on Golden and Freddie Rose. Both ain't there one of y'all did what y'all supposed to do with the talent that you getting in. You know, I don't care what the play call, uh, Freddie. You still supposed to be in his ear like, hey man, I need you to dog that man out. I need something from you. You see what I'm saying? You the position coach. You you see that one on one matchup, or at least you should be mad, uh, watching your your position. Come on, man, hey man. He he moved he moves you down the field three yards. That's unacceptable. You see what I'm saying? That that's I don't understand what part that's that's the soft part of Alabama that I don't get now. 
it seemed like people, the coaches kind of scared to say something to the players or something. I don't know. Maybe it's the whole NIL stuff, but hey, man, we, we need to get back to, to the middle line. But Reg, Reggie Ragland, we'd have heard him cuss people out on the field before, Steve. Uh, we heard yeah. it. Uh, for yeah. real. Come on, man. And CBS have to, oh, oh, they, they almost have to bleep it out. <laughs> like, dang, these boys out here going crazy talking to each other. But listen, man, that's how it goes sometimes. You ain't doing your job. I got to let you know about it. Because I mean, I'm tired of this 300-pounder being up on me and I'm supposed to be making the tackle. Block it. Or, or, or at least stalemate this man or something so I can do my job. You see what I'm saying? We ain't got that no more, man. And we need it. I mean, I mean absolutely. I, I go back to Marlon Humphrey had a comment on Twitter not too long ago where he was talking about the most intense practice he was ever a part of at Alabama was the 2015 week where you're taking on LSU. Like Marlon Humphrey was like, if I didn't go all out and practice that week and get everything right, that Jonathan Allen, Reggie Ragland, the whole defensive front was going to jump me. Man, see, we, we got to get back to just the Bama way. And ho- hopefully we get back to running the ball, man, because – Oh, the show came on. I, I was watching uh, Justice Haynes, a little, little, couple of little high school highlights and stuff. I'm like, man, this man, he, he reminds me an awful lot of Josh Jacobs. You know what I'm saying? And then I, I'm looking. I'm like, dang, we got McClellan and, and Roy Dale. They both fit the, um, the Damian Harris mode. Then we got Richard Young coming. I'm like, dang, that's that's Bo 2.0. Man, listen, man, if we, if we don't see – a million carries a game. I don't even want to pass the ball. I know that sounds crazy, Steve, but what what are we passing the ball for? When we got to get these five people the ball, man, we got to this is a road tide. I love y'all, man. Appreciate Jay calling in from Florence here on a Monday, giving us his passion as he always does. Man, Independence Day Eve. That's a lot to say, Eli. Independence Day Eve, Fourth of July Eve. Uh-oh, you just know this. I, I, I got to find myself some barbecue in the next hours or so. Hopefully, somebody got some good cue that I can. Eli, your folks making good barbecue, Eli? I'm going to crash your house in Eli. Don't tell the folks I'm coming. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit up your place in Eli. Hit up your place, then. Appreciate you guys calling in 205-448-1358. Filling us up with your passion. On the phone lines, 205-448-1358. Appreciate you guys right there. We're going to go to our call topic, and that being one, Mac Jones, former Alabama quarterback, two-time national champion, including 2020 national champion as a starter. Uh, he is looking ripped, bulked up, got the body right where he needs for it to be been working with I think Tom Brady's throwing coach I don't know who in terms of the strength strength staff he's been working with but I mean Mac looks bulked up and he sent a message that year three is going to be a bounce back year for him year two wasn't great a lot of that not his fault but it wasn't great hopefully the Patriots can sign DeAndre Hopkins to be a number one option at wide receiver they recently signed Devontae Parker to a three-year, $33 million deal. Was that the best move? Uh, not quite sure about that. But happy for Mac Jones. Bulking up the body, arms looking bigger, wanting to show off the 
arm strength more in the upcoming season. We'll see what happens. We'll take a break right here, folks. Don't touch that down. When we get back, SEC Media Days is coming up soon. For Alabama, it would be the 19th of this month. We'll get into the biggest questions, the biggest thought-provoking questions that could come to Nick Saban in Nashville for Media Days. We'll talk about it after this. What's up, Bama Nation? This is Rudy Griffin, former Alabama defensive lineman, and you're listening to my guy, Stephen M. Smith, in my own words, brought to you by Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Roll! Roll! Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, folks, we're back into the action from the break. Number one form for Bama. Football news in my own words, George Trumi. Steven Smith of TDA on a Monday, rocking and rolling right here with you. Got my man Eli Walker in the production studios. You guys continue tapping the like button, showing that support right there, a thumbs up, hitting that subscribe button as well, sharing the show to everybody that you know. Daily Super Chat Go, $100 Daily Super Chat Go. We got some shout outs here, Egos. Let's get the horn ready. How about Katera1983 with that $9.99 in the Super Chats? Appreciate the love there from Katera1983. We got my man Dale B not being outdone there with that $25 donation. Appreciate that from Dale B. And then we got Eric Beasley dropping in that $10 donation. Showing love here to the show. The Katera1983, Dale B, Eric Beasley. Appreciate all of you making this your spot here, your place to talk Alabama football. Also, folks, we do have a message board. Touchdown Alabama Magazine, touchdownalabama.com. We do have a message board. So, for those of you trying to be in that first wave or group of fans to help us regrow, rebuild the message board, here's what you do. The link to the message board is in the chat line and in the description. You click on that right there, take you right there to the message board. But, Enos, we're back here to topic two of discussion. Uh, SEC Football Media Days, it is this month. The month is upon us. The 17th through the 20th, everybody will be in Nashville for the Media Days. And um, it's always exciting, Eli, because uh, so much fun topics, conversations, dialogue happens at Media Days where you have all 14 institutions. They're there. You've got... You know, the head coach, and you got three student athletes from each program. They're getting questions from radio media, TV media, all that type of deal. You get to vote on, you know, the SEC East champion, SEC West champion. Of course, there'll be no divisions after this, after this season here in the fall. We're talking about 2024 and beyond. You get to vote on who's the SEC champion overall. You get to vote on who could be the national champion out of the conference. 
You even get to vote on who from the conference could be the Heisman Trophy winner. Who's going to make, you know, uh, first team all SEC, second team all SEC on down. So a lot of interesting things are happening at media days. But Bama speaks on Wednesday, July the 19th in Nashville. And uh, for Coach Saban, a lot of intriguing questions, a lot of thought-provoking questions are going to come right to Coach Saban. We all know this. On the day where Bama speaks, you want Bama to speak first because you want all of those cameras in Nick Saban's face, and you want to see how does Coach Saban go about answering these questions. It's almost like of all the coaches there, Nick Saban gets the most thought-provoking questions. I guess like of all the coaches that's there, when it's Bama's day, Everybody and their grandmama is inside the building trying to get a question in to the coach say, but it is absolutely, it is hysterical. Like, it is remarkable how that happens. And just for me, I kind of got my own over-under number of the, of the difficult questions he'll get. I kind of got the over-under number. Uh, Eli said an eight. It could be less than that. It could be more than that. But I kind of got the baseline over under for Nick Saban. Difficult question. Instead of eight. But I know, number one, he's going to get a lot of quarterback questions. That's a given. He's going to get several quarterback questions. Nick, who's going to be the quarterback? Nick, who's going to be the starter? Nick, who's separated between Jalen and Ty Simpson, Tyler Buckner? You know, who's going to be the quarterback, Nick? You know, Nick, you know, you, you had some great quarterbacks these last few years here. With Jalen and Tua and uh, and Mac and, and Bryce Young, but you know who's going to be the guy in the coming fall, Nick? Who who has separated between Milro and Simpson or anybody else there on the roster? He's going to get quite the amount of quarterback questions. That's going to happen. Now how that now how does Nick choose to answer this? Does he does he choose to answer? I'm not going to tell you, so quit asking. Does he go that route? Does he go the route of, you know, we're, we're keeping this all internally? Does he go that route? Does he go the route of just mean mugging every camera he sees after the question's been thrown at him? We'll see how he does it, but there'll be a lot of quarterback questions that'll be thrown in him. That's number one. I think number two, he'll get quite a few, you know, coordinator questions. I don't think he'll be as many as the quarterback, but he'll get a few on Kevin Steele and Tommy Reese and the energy that they've brought, the motivation that they've come in here with, what have they been injecting into the program? What does he like about both of these two? How does he feel both of these two will perform in their respective sides of the football? How does Kevin Steele make the defense better? How does Tommy Reese make the offense better? So he'll get some questions there. In terms of the coordinators, probably not as many as the quarterbacks, but he'll get some questions there on the D.C. and the O.C. And then last but not least, there's going to be some NIL questions. Nick Saban will not escape the podium without two or three NIL questions. There's going to be some thoughts on NIL. He's going to get a question about Coach Saban. You know, we heard the story of you going to Capitol Hill you know, meeting up with Congresswoman Terry Sewell, among others, to gain information and glean information on NIL. 
You know, what, what do you think about it? What parameters do you see that need to be fixed on it? Like, he's going to get some NIL questions. How many exactly? I don't know. Could see two or three. But he's going to get some NIL questions and how it has changed the way of his sort of coaching style and, and prowess. But I got the over-under number set at eight, Eli. But I think those three, when you look at the quarterbacks, coordinators, NIL, those three questions will be among some of the top ones that will be addressed here to Coach Saban. But media days start the 17th this month through the 20th in Nashville. Alabama will speak on Wednesday the 19th. TDA will be there. Try to get you as much info, as much insight as we possibly can. We're going to go to another break right here, folks. We'll touch that dial when we return. We get back into those phone lines to grab your calls, your thoughts, your conversations. We get back to you, the Bama fans, after this. Sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care in support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. This is Chris Rogers, 2009 National Champion. You are listening to the baddest, when I say the baddest, sports show in the state of Alabama. In my own words, you know, yours truly, Touchdown Alabama Magazine, don't touch that dial. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, people, here we are in from the break, the eve of Independence Day, eve of 4th of July. In my own words, George Truly, Stephen Smith, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Got my man Eli Walker in the production studio. We are handling that business right here, talking nothing but tied football. We appreciate you guys hitting the like button, tapping the like button, giving us that thumbs up, showing that support here to us. Everybody hitting the uh, subscribe button, sharing the show to everybody that you know, diehard fans, casual fans, consumers of Tide Football. Daily Super Chat Go, $100. Daily Super Chat Go, 100 bucks right there. We thank you guys. All donations, welcome and appreciate it. We're back into the call segment. Phone lines open. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205 448 1358. The number to call in to let your voice be made known, 205 448 1358. And one more time, 205 448 1358. Want to hear from you? That number on the screen right there as you guys are getting your thoughts to call in. Going to this call topic here, Inga, another one of Bama in the NFL. This time it's wide receiver Calvin Ridley, two-time national champion, 2015 and 2017. And he's been impressive for his new team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, as he's back in Florida. Calvin Ridley making plays in minicamp and 
getting ready for training camp pretty soon here. And there's already a teammate, Jaguars receiver Jamal Agnew. He is saying that, you know, he's a mismatch nightmare, Calvin Ridley is. Agnew went on to say that he believes nobody in the NFL can cover, can guard Calvin Ridley. That's going to be intriguing. Ridley has already vowed that he's trying to be a 1,400-yard receiver for the Jaguars. He's already starting to build that connection there with Trevor Lawrence. And uh, if you go back to 2020, when he was with the Falcons, Ridley set career highs for receptions with 90, targets 143, receiving yards 1,374, Ridley also had nine touchdowns that year as well. So, you know, Calvin Ridley, one of the better route runners in the game, but you're starting to hear from some teammates, including one Jamal Agnew, that they don't think anybody can guard Ridley in the league. So that's going to be fun to watch Jacksonville in the coming fall. They've got they've stockpiled some talent. They've done well in the draft. They've got a real deal coach. Former Super Bowl champion and Doug Peterson. We'll see what Jacksonville does. But we'll take our final break here on the show and touch that down when we get back. We tidy up loose ends and wrap things up with talking Kool-Aid McKinstry. Is he? Can he be a top 10 draft pick for 2024? Can he have a season where he puts himself in the area of being a top 10 draft pick for 2024. We'll discuss it after this. I'm Malachi Moore. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith on Touchdown Alabama's YouTube channel. for tuning in show your support right now by clicking that like button if you haven't subscribed hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best alabama football news notes and information right here on touchdown alabama all right folks we appreciate all of you checking us out here on today all of the donations phone calls YouTube chatting, making this your show, your network spot, outlet to talk Bama football. We definitely appreciate that. Hitting that thumbs up button, liking the show. Hitting that subscribe button right there. Sharing the show around. Making this your platform to talk Bama football. Greatly appreciate you guys. We wrap things here, Eli, with uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Entering his junior season, 6'1", 195-pounder out of uh, here, in the Birmingham, here in the Birmingham area, played at Pinson Valley High School. Uh, last season, had a very good had a good year. I mean, 15 pass breakups to lead the team. Made a couple of, well, made a few all-SEC team lists. Made a few all-American lists as a cornerback and as a punt returner. But the question here for Kool-Aid is, this season right here, the junior year is the money year. The junior year is where all the NFL scouts and NFL draft pundits and all of these different evaluators, here's where they pop the tape in and start to really zero in and focus on you. This is where they pop the tape in, right? 
and they start to really zero in and focus on your game, your skill set, what you have, what you bring, you know, what you provide you know, as a player potentially at the next level. And for Kool-Aid, the question is, can he be, does he become a top 10 NFL draft pick for 2024? And it's a good, it's a good question to have. It's a good question to to think about because definitely the tools are there, the athleticism is there, potential is there, uh, the want to is there. But can Kool Aid have a season where you know, he has over ten to fifteen pass breakups again, maybe two to three interceptions? Four would be really nice, but two to three interceptions. Can he have a year where? He's just locking down receivers. He's not giving up touchdown passes on his side. He's giving up very few little first downs on his side. When quarterbacks target him, uh, they're not having much success at all. Can he provide that? Because if he can provide that, then, yeah, top 10 draft pick, no question. If he could have a year where he's – not being targeted a whole lot because quarterbacks are afraid to throw on his side. And when they when they do throw on his side, it's a pass breakup. It's an interception. Uh, the guy's not getting the first down. He's a short tackler. You know, all, all of those ingredients right there. You can have a year where he's doing that. Along with putting up, you know, good numbers here, good statistics. It can be a top 10, you know, draft year uh, for Kool-Aid because – you know, Alabama wants to have two lockdown corners. You as Alabama fans, you want to have two lockdown boundary corners on the outside. And we feel like, we hope, we think that Kool-Aid's one of the two, you know, lockdown corners. The other one, you, you want to believe, you want to be sure that that other guy is Terry on Arnold. But you did bring in Trey Amos from Louisiana Lafayette just in case in terms of an insurance policy. But a lot of of these national media outlets looking at Kool-Aid McKinstry as the next big-time Alabama defensive back, and they're also looking at him as a potential top-10 draft pick. So we'll see how he plays. We'll see how he performs. You look at this upcoming season right here. But as always, Tide Nation, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage here on your favorite program, that being Alabama football. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store, your Rocket Team Apple, Google Play Store. If you got the Android phone for your audio needs, check us out. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm. Our iHeartRadio got you covered right there. The good and gracious Lord sees Phil trying to be back on Wednesday, continuing the conversation that is tied football. Remember, Bama fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link found in the description. Trying to get your hands on the fresh edition of TDA the magazine. Here's what you do. You go. TouchdownAlabama.com. Become a member and or a subscriber today. You know, click join. That link file in the description right there as well. Guys, shout out to all of you, the outstanding fans of Bama football for all the calls, donations, 
chat, in the chat line. You making this your show, your spot here to talk Bama football. Gotta show some love to my man Eli Walker there in the production studio. Till next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate value. Those husbands, children continue doing the right thing, fun thing, smart thing, good thing, legitimate thing too. Not be bored there. Get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself. You protect the loved ones around. You enjoy your 4th of July or Independence Day on tomorrow. Until next time, folks, I'm your man Stephen M. Smith, and you've been listening to In My Own Words.